0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين فقد قال الله تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقضينا الى بني اسرائيل في الكتاب لتفسدن في الارض مرتين ولتعلن علوا كبيرا فاذا جاء وعد اولاهما بعثنا عليكم عبادا لنا اولي باس شديد فجاسوا خلال الديار وكان وعدا مفعولا ثم رددنا لكم الكره عليهم وامددناكم باموال وبنين وجعلناكم اكثر نفيرا إن أحسنتم أحسنتم لأنفسكم وإن فلها. فإذا جاء وعد الآخرة ليسوؤ وجهكم وليدخل المسجد كما دخلوه أول مرضة وليدبروا ما علو تتبيرا. صدق الله ملاه العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين. My dear respected elders, brothers and friends. Throughout history Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Ambiya sent Rusul sent prophets and messengers to guide people from the wrong path to the right path to take them out of darkness into light and for them to earn the mercy and the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is and was a standard trend in the Quran, a standard trend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This inevitably shows us the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whenever his servants went astray, he sent these prophets, he sent these messengers to guide them to the straight path. Now the Quran is replete with examples of which Nabi came when they came, how were they received? At times, they were received with open arms. On other times, they were rejected openly. At other times, they even went to the extent of killing those same Ambiyaah, those same Rusul, those same prophets, those same messengers. So the Quran is replete with these examples. However, one group of people one nation has been repeated over and over again in the Quran. This group, this nation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was so angered by them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned them repeatedly in the Quran to the extent that an entire surah is named after them. What am I referring to? I am referring to Surat Bani Israel, the Surah Bani Israel. An entire surah is named after the Bani Israel, the children of Israel. A little history: Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came from Ibrahim Alayhi Salam. That is his lineage. From Ibrahim Alayhi Salam, there was Ishaq Alayhi Salam. From him came Yaqub Alayhi Salam. From Yaqub Alayhi Salam came twelve other sons, which is recorded in the Quranic Kareem. From these twelve sons, you had one from one mother, Yusuf Alihi Salam. You had another from another mother, Mother Bani Yamin, and the other ten came from another mother. The Bani Israil came from these ten children, not all from one child, but from various lineages. And from there, we have the Bani Israel. Now, the Bani Israil. They went through sacrifice, they went to trials, they went to tribulations. At one point, they were not a favored nation over and above all other nations, neither were they a cursed nation. At that point, they were simply the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After they were persecuted, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of his infinite wisdom and mercy, granted them status, granted them dominion. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala made them one of the greatest nations of their time. Allah favoured them above all others. This was out of the infinite mercy and wisdom of Allah. Despite that, insan human being goes astray. Over a period of time, they went astray. Allah sent other ambiyaaneehi salam, other Rusul, other prophets, other messengers to guide them. Musa aleyhi salam was sent to them righten Isa alayhi salam anbiya and rusul were sent to guide them to the straight path this was the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the bani Israel. he did not forsake them over and over again allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them chance gave them opportunity sent these uh, prophets and messengers with books etc to guide them to the straight path but unfortunately they rebelled and they disobeyed allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Earning the ultimate wrath of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. That is why, when you look at the Quranic Karim, even those that don't understand Qur'an, you'll see you'll be reciting and listening. Bani Israel, Bani Israel, Bani Israel in the Qur'an. Why is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentioning this? Why is He telling us about this? He is bringing to our attention the thing that drew His wrath and His anger, so that you and I don't make those mistakes again. So in Surah Bani Israel in the beginning, right at the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the faith of the Bani Israel. Now you may have read, you may have heard in the media that the Israelis, the Jews are claiming Palestine, Masjid Aqsa to be their promised land. It's their promised land. Even when you look at the US support. For Israel, etc., in the support of it, they mentioned or they state that this is the promised land, and therefore they are entitled to it. However, when we study the Quranic Qur'an and we look at the source itself, is this actually the promised land of the Israelis and the Jews or not? So Allah gives us the answer in the Quranic Qur'an and clarifies this. وقضينا الى بني اسرائيل في الكتاب لتفسدن في الارض مرتين ولا تعملن علوا كبيرا Allah says we decreed in the scripture la tufsidunna fil ard marratayn that this bani Israel will create corruption in this world on this earth and very specifically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says marratayn twice they will do it twice and they will increase and they will go further and further away from the mercy of Allah. So they will create this corruption. Now this twice, these two incidents that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indicating in the Quranic claim. What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referring to? So Immariful Quran Mufti Shafi Sab explains that there were six incidents in history in which the Israelis, the children of Israel, or the Jews, created corruption in the land. However, of those six, there were two noteworthy, worthy incidents that match the description of the Quran. So the Bani Israel, remember, they had control of Palestine, they had control of Masjid al-Aqsa, but then they rebelled, they disobeyed Allah, and Allah took it away. So, what occasion or what incident is this? So the Mufassirun explain that this incident is in regard to Nebuchadnezzar, Bucthenaasah. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala sent him against the Bani Israel, the Jews, and what did he do? He ransacked Masjid Al Aqsa, he looted on the property, and he took all of them prisoners. As prisoners. Now remember, Sulaiman Alihi Salam is the one that built Masjid Al-Aqsa. He is the one that put the structure together. So, how did Sulaiman Alihi Salam build Masjid Al-Aqsa? He built it with gold, with silver, and with precious stones. That was the original structure of Masjid Al-Aqsa. When Nebuchadnezzar came, and he ransacked the Masjid. He looted their property and he took them as prisoners. He also took the gold, the silver, and the precious jewels with him back to Babylon on hundred and seventy thousand vehicles. That is how much gold, silver, and precious stones existed. This is mentioned by Qurtubi in his tafsir. So he put it on it on, on, on those vehicles and he took it back home. And Nebuchadnezzar ruled or controlled. Masi the Aqsa, Palestine, for hundreds of years he appointed a king to rule, but then at some point that king went astray. So again he came and he killed people, he tortured people, and he took control. After some time, the king of Iran, the king of Iran comes forward, he sees the the, the torture that is going on, so he rescues the Bani Israel, he rescues the Jews. And he sends them back to Sham. He sends them back to Palestine to Masjid Al-Aqsa with the gold, silver, and precious stones. So they go and they restore Masjid Al-Aqsa, and they learn, they listen, and they don't go astray. They follow Allah's command. They keep to the covenant. Again, after some time, they go astray, and they disobey Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. But when Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala speaks about this incident in the Quranic Kareem, it's referring to this incident that happened with Nebuchadnezzar and the Bani Israel then Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says then when you repented what we did we gave you wealth we gave you children and we made you, we increased you in number. This was the bounty for them obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the first incident. The second incident when they started to disobey and go off the straight path, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it again. And says, When the second incident occurred, then you were disgraced the mufassirun explain what is the second incident referring to they explain that this refers to the roman emperor caesar that came took control of masjid al aqsa again and ransacked demolished the masjid and took the bani israel and the jews as prisoners this is the second incident that happened that the quran is referring to again here he took the gold he took the silver he took the precious stones and uh, he took it back home, and he put it in his temple. The Mufti explained that close to Qiyamah, when Imam Mahdi comes, this gold, this silver, these precious stones will be unearthed, and they will be restored back to Masjid Al-Aqsa. At the moment, it is hidden in the knowledge of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So this incident took place, and then after, after some time, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala uh, then sent others uh, to uh, give them honor, give them respect. And then they went on the straight path, but like this, incident after incident occurred. there are many more incidents that occurred in this place. Allah is showing us. Allah is telling us, when you obey my command, when you follow the covenant, when you do not disobey me, I will give you everything. but when you disobey me, i 'll take away everything. So the nabi of Allah وسلم, comes and he is given نبوح. a little back history here the. Bani Israel were given everything that you can think of. اسرائيل... That we gave the Bani Israel a kitab, a book, a scripture. We gave them Nubuwa, we put Ambiya alaim amongst them. We gave them guidance and we gave them everything best of the world. They had everything. But they became relaxed, they started to ignore the commands of Allah. So then finally, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took that very same kitab away from them. Allah took that very very same Ambiya and Rusul away from them. Allah took the very same guidance away from them. And what did Allah do? Allah then handed it over to the last Nabi Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi wa sallam showing us that listen, you distorted the religion, you distorted the book. I am now making a decision that this is the final Nabi, no Nabi to come afterwards. In other words, it will never be amongst the Bani Israel; it would be amongst uh, the children of Ismaila, a.s. And that is now sealed; it's a done deal. Further to that, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala goes ahead and says that what he did in Nabi sallallahu alaihi Wasallam time, there was, was Masjid Al Aqsa, so Masjid Al Aqsa was the qibla. They did not follow the commands of Allah, they disobeyed Allah, Allah even took away the qibla and handed and shifted the qibla to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa in Makkah Mukharamah. So Allah took away the book, took away the Ambiyah, took away the masjid, their own qibla, and granted it and gave it to the Muslims. Why? Because of the evil qualities, because of them going against Allah and the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is why they have become a cursed nation in the Quran. So the Israelis that you see today that call themselves entitled to the promised land this comes with conditions and Allah reminded them at that time this land is yours if if what if you obey my commands if you follow the covenant it is not just yours like that and the mufassirun explain very beautifully that Allah took personal protection of the Quran karim and handed it to Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam if the entire ummah, the entire world, does not, hypothetically speaking, does not protect the Quran, Allah has granted personal protection over the Quran. It will never ever be distorted. Added to that, Allah took personal protection over the Qibla of the Muslims, Makkah Makkah. You know the Ashab will feed. What had happened? They sent the elephants to destroy the Kaaba. Who took protection? Allah took personal protection over the Kaaba Sharif. So Allah of protection over the book Allah of protection over the Kaaba Sharif Allah of protection over Islam so that it will never ever be distorted after it was distorted and changed by the Bani Israel So this nation is mentioned over and over again in the Quran Kareem Now there are several traits of the, Jew, the 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 Yahud or the Jews mentioned in the Quran Kareem we do not have the time to go into every one it will require 1 to 2 hours at least at minimum to go through all of them but just to give you a, a snapshot into what the Quran Karim is speaking about, for the first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about is that the Bani Israel followed their desires and their own interests. So when even when it came to the book itself, they distorted it to suit their own needs and interest. So an incident is mentioned in the Quran Karim where the Jews are now outside Medina Munawara. The Prophet ﷺ has come to Medina Munawara, and obviously this is something new to them. There's a new book, there's a new Nabi, there's new guidance. Everything's new. So remember, at that time, up to that time, the Jews, the book, the Torah, had been distorted. Today, the Jews don't follow the Torah. They follow the Talmud, an interpretation that they created. It doesn't even exist the Torah today. So whenever they quote, they're quoting the Talmud. They're not quoting the Torah. So. They distorted the book and they created their own customary laws. They said, leave the book one side. Let's make our own laws. So what happened? On one occasion, zina took place, fornication took place. And there were high profile people involved. Prince and princesses and uh, people from the royal family, so to say, were involved. And they decided that, listen, we cannot stone the person for uh, committing zina and fornication. Whereas that was the law in the Torah at the time. So they distorted it and they said, you know, this high profile person, we can't do anything to him. Let's let's create something else. Let's put something else in play here. So they decided that they will st- uh, they will not stone him, but rather they will lash him. And they will disgrace him in the community. That's it. So they all said they agreed. That's the deal. Now, it happened with an ordinary person amongst them. And they... The chiefs, etc., said, "Okay, now the person must be stoned." So they said, "How can you give one law for a prince and another law for an ordinary man?" It was a whole uproar and whole outcry. So this happened in Khaybar with the Jews. So the people in Khaybar contacted the Quraysh day in Medina, and they said, "Listen, we've got a dilemma here. Yeah? Right? We're not following the book. We've got a customary law, but, but even with that customary law, we have issues." So we're referring the matter to you to refer to the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa So it's sort of like a 50-50 situation. We're not following the book, but you know what? The Nabi of the time is going to make the decision. But then they added one more condition. They said that, listen, when you go to him, then just ask, just ask the ruling. Like, what's the ruling? Like, you know, some people, they go to a mufti and they say, Mulana Mufti Saab, what's the, what's the ruling? But then when the Mulana tells him the ruling, then he don't follow it. So they did that. They went to Nabi of Allah said, Just give us a fatwa, give us a ruling. So Nabi of Allah said, Will you follow my verdict? They said, Yes, we'll follow your verdict. And then when he told them the verdict, they were not happy. So now Jibril alayhi salam comes down and informs Nabi of Allah, salam, you know what, this is the mischief that is happening here. They they are in simple terms they are fatwa shopping. They just came for a ruling to suit their own needs and interests. So the Nabi of Allah then tells them that listen there is a learned Jew amongst you you need to appoint him as the arbiter to make a final decision on this matter So Jibril Alaihi Salam gives him the name and he tells and he informs them of this person they bring him forward and then the Nabi of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam takes an oath from him and tells him to say under oath what is the ruling in the Torah regarding someone that commits fornication so that Jew said, "You know what? Because you've put me under oath, I cannot lie." And he explained the reason of the customary law, etc. And then he says that, "You know what? This is the law in the Torah; it is stoning." And that was the ruling that was given to them. This incident is mentioned in the Quranic creed to show us, as an ummah, as a nation, they don't look for things that suit your 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 own interest. Follow the Deen, follow Islam in totality, wholly, and completely. Don't shop around. You went to one Mulana and one Mufti, he gave you a ruling, he told you you're not entitled to the money, you're not entitled to this. You will go then to five other Mulanas and five other muftis to get another ruling. That is now creating corruption within your own deen, within the own community itself. So stick to your alim, stick to your mufti, stick to the person you take guidance from, otherwise, this corruption that happened with the Bani Israel will happen with you as an ummah of Muhammad as well. And Allah is mentioning all these incidents over and over again. That how Allah snatched away the book from them. How Allah snatched away the Nabi from them. How Allah snatched away the Qibla from them. How all these things happen, it is not far-fetched that it happens to you too. Allah can do the same. So some people feel offended that when we say that masjid al aqsa is the compass of this ummah. What does it mean? It means that when it is in the hands of the Muslim, it is a sign and indication that Allah's mercy is on our side. When it is not, then it is an indication that there is something wrong in the system. There is something that needs to be corrected. We are not justifying in any way what the Jews are doing and Israelis are doing. Allah curse them. If hidayat is not written for them, they are the scum of the earth torturing our brothers and sisters on a daily basis. Almost 30,000 children, women, killed up to date and the world cannot do anything about it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again states in the Quranic that this I just give you towards just to conclude that this Bani Israel the only way for their survival is what? Behablim min Allah wa hablim an-nas. nas it is through alliances or covenants with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or through the people or with the people. So yes, they failed the covenant. They went against Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. The only other thing they've got left is what? The covenant with the people. That is the only means of protection. Do we not see it with the U.S.? The U.S. has announced unwavering support for the Israelis. Unwavering support. Three times they vetoed they a ceasefire in Palestine in Gaza. What does this show you? Alliance study the quran quran will teach you everything social life economical life political life everything is in the quran e kareem why then do we still aspire to be like them why then do we still aspire to follow their ways we need to create our own identity this ummah as they say is a giant beast alhamdulillah we see the awakening in the ummah this beast is awakening and it is time that we as an Ummah awaken as well to the truth, to the haq. And when it comes to going against the oppression, going against the nation of the Bani Israel, the Jews, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not specify that these people be Muslim. So when it came to torturing the people that tortured the Muslims and took away Masjid Aqsa, Allah did not specify. That the people who will save Masjid al-Aqsa, restore Masjid al-Aqsa, or rather take it away from you, be Muslim. They can be non-Muslim. In fact, both of them, Nebuchadnezzar and Caesar, both of them were non-Muslims. But Allah used them to torture the Bani Israel and to then bring it on the right path and the right track. So, brothers and elders, we need to educate ourselves. Educate ourselves of the Quranic Kareem. Educate ourselves on the history in Palestine, in Masjid Aqsa. This is the compass of the Ummah. So Kaaba Sharif protected by Allah will never ever be handed to non-Muslims. But Allah did not give the same guarantee to Masjid Aqsa. So whenever you see Masjid Aqsa not in the hands of Muslims, it's a sign, it's an indication that this Ummah needs to correct itself. And Alhamdulillah we are seeing gradually the Ummah's direction and navigation changing. And we also need to change with it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala restore Masjid Al Aqsa to its original owners Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala restore Masjid Al Aqsa to its original position and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala protect our brothers our sisters in Palestine the only thing that we can do day to day is make dua make dua and the dua that Allah Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made whenever there was a calamity was the dua in the fajr salah tunut nazila so when the sahaba were tortured when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was put in a predicament he continuously recited qunut nazila until that affliction was overcome it's been how many months how many hundreds of days and we are noticing in some masajid qunut nazila has stopped why has it stopped this is the weapon of the ummah the weapon of the believer look at the news look at what is happening we need to continuously recite qunut nazila in our salah and even after the salah include a dua at least Our brothers and sisters in Palestine. Wa aakhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin.